With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Today, we are heading to Idaho to talk to Corinne Newville. Corinne, is an architectural designer, artist, environmental activist, and author. When she's not working or studying, Corinne enjoys camping, biking, and spending time outdoors with her husband and two beloved or, let's say, spoiled dogs. <laughs> her latest book, Indiscernible <laughs> Elements Caution. It's available now. So, my dear Corinne, welcome to the RV. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and yes, my dogs are very spoiled. <laughs> With two dogs. Yep. I know you had the opportunity to live in various locations, including Minnesota, and even studied in Florence, Italy. I'm so jealous. So could you share your experiences and insights on what it was like to live abroad and, of course, in Florence? Yeah, it was in 2013, and I was a sophomore in college in my undergrad, and I went to the art school of Santa Reparata, and it's mostly people studying abroad. There were some locals, but it was really fun. All the all the teachers were very engaging. And that's what started my passion in art and architecture. Um, it was there that I realized I wanted to study architecture, that I wanted to go home or back to Minnesota and apply for architecture school. Because at that time, I was just... Um, at a community college doing my generals. And it's a great way, by the way, to get your generals done very cheap. And they always, once when you get that certification, you can transfer all your credits to get your bachelor's somewhere else. So I owe it to Florence and that experience and my friends that um, I explored all these new things with to where I am today and how that decision or when that decision really came forth. Living in that city for me is like an open museum. Your new book is entitled Indiscernible <laughs> Elements Caution. In this book, you delve into the topic of death from the perspective of caution. So could you provide further insight into why you chose caution as 
a focal point and how it contributes to a deeper understanding of the relationship between life and death. It really started with me exploring different funeral practices in um, different religions or different areas of the world and what those funeral practices were. And also looking or researching funeral home design in architecture and how that really hasn't changed that much throughout the years. And um, recently, there's a new company called Recompost. They started in Washington and it actually takes the deceased person and turns them into compost. So your family can come and take your compost and use it to or use you to plant a tree or grow grass or whatever you may want to use it for and this is important because not only does it um, help with taking out the toxins of our body and um, be it's just being more gentle to the earth and it's also a way to solve that we are running out of cemetery space essentially, or running out of land. So that's what kind of tumbled me down that road of looking into uh, death. And I was researching the body and what happens when the deceased is put into the ground. And I really took it back to what at our core are we? What makes up humans? And it brought me to... You know, I picked like the top seven things that are in our body and one of them is calcium. And I started researching in depth all of these different ones, but calcium was the one that I was able to really form this connection between architecture, the built environment, the earth and humans. And with that is how I really started playing into this cycle of death in life once when you know once when something passes away or someone then it turns into a new light and that's what calcium can show us in the book and that's what uh, I love about the recompose funeral practice as well is that it's you know death is a journey I'll say and the book takes you on that journey I try to get the readers to go with how you would experience grieving. And I relate that grieving process to our current state of um, the earth and climate change and how we are grieving, maybe past grieving, and we're in this period of revival. We need to survive. We're humans. We're animals. We need to survive, and that's what we know how to do. And so we might or we won't get back what we used to have, but there's a new life that we're entering in. It's like a continuation. Yep. And that's what I loved about calcium as an element because it represents through architecture, humans and the earth. You can see how it is morphed and changed and is brought to new life and can be used for different things. So, for example, we have limestone, and we take, and limestone came from oceans. So, 
like an old quarry is right next to Chicago. And there used to be an ocean there. So there's a lot of limestone. And we take that limestone and we bake it at a certain degrees for a certain amount of days. And by the end of it, we get this like block of white. And that's the calcium that we're taking out of that limestone to use for other products in architecture. So we take that and we modify it to what we need it to be. And we use it in our um, drywall. And drywall is one of the basic materials of architecture. That's what makes up most of the walls around you in everyday homes and offices. And so that drywall is actually in charge of helping with fires. You have paper on each side, we'll call it paper. And then in the middle of those paper is the calcium powder. And when the room gets warm enough or hot enough from that fire, it heats up and then that calcium turns into a vapor and that's what slows down Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's interesting. And also, we all know that death is kind of a taboo. We don't like mm-hmm. to think about it, of course. We don't like mm-hmm. even, I don't think any anybody's prepared. And I would like to know, Corinne, how do you see death now? Did it change for you your way to think about death now so I don't know if it changed the way I thought about death because I always disliked funeral practice and because I can remember it from my earliest childhood memories one of my cousins passed away and I was three and I remember all of it mm-hmm. and I've been in the room when I've had grandparents pass away and I've you know, I've had close friends pass away. And I just never thought that those practices, that funeral practice, really fit everyone. It wasn't a, it seems like there's only, or there was only one way of doing it, other than open casket or cremated. And I just never liked it. And so when I was in school, that's when I started to research it and figure out why. And yes, I guess that brought me to thinking that, you know, our bodies can be turned into something else after we pass away. And that becomes where people come and visit you if you're made into a tree or whatever you choose to be placed. And that that area of land is where, you know, people come for visitation and the visitors still have a place to remember you and that's really important. So and what I'm trying to say in the book about passing away is that and you're giving yourself back to the earth. You're giving the earth back its nutrients and what it needs to survive. Actually, I, I was checking your book and I see that it has some illustrations, poetry, 
and also dialogue. So it's made up of poems that are handwritten and many drawings. And the drawings come from my iPad. I do all of my illustrations there. And I did a handwritten poems because the character is calcium. The story is from the perspective of calcium. So um, I wanted it to feel really sentimental and slow and you know, just try and picture what calcium would be saying to you mm. or trying to get out, um, which is, you know, some of the images are, you can't see all the text, you can't, or you, some people can, you know, and it's what you get out of the book. It's, you do have to put a little time into it to try and get everything out. Yeah, there's real photographs that I've taken and those are from various projects. So the whole story and the whole way of that I tried to convey it is that there's always this play between fiction and nonfiction. And there is real photographs and morphed photo photographs and drawings that are based off real things but modified so there's always this play between real life and not in fiction and non-fiction mm -hmm. and also um like the I always wanted to play with the digital aspect of it and then analog version so there's some hand building sculptures that I did that I took photos of and changed it in Photoshop or um, edited it. And I think we're just moving into a time that we're gonna depend on technology and old analog ways. And I wanted that to show. Wow, you are a super artist. You, <laughs> you make illustrations, poems, and also as an environmentalist, you mentioned the concept of embracing discomfort in mm -hmm. our living spaces. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate on why you believe it's beneficial for people to, you know, strive for less comfort and the potential advantages it can bring? Yeah, I think it's um, about, you know, creating new habits where you're recycling, composting. Um, where I live, it's really difficult to do those things. And it's sometimes not even realistic to do that. I still live, I live in rural part of America and in the West. And so that's a problem right there, that not everywhere has access to recycling yet. And I think, this idea that, or the fact that we are comfortable and we like to make ourselves comfortable, it's going to change in the future because we're going to have to go through all these different changes and it's going to bring you new habits. It's going to bring you a new lifestyle. It's going to bring heat that we can't stand. It's going to bring um, who knows what else, but we're going to be uncomfortable and we're going to have to make changes in that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree with you. And I believe that embracing discomfort in our living spaces can 
lead to personal growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, like inspired creativity, uh, let's say haste, resilience as well. Of course, it's important to note that while mm -hmm. advocating for less comfort, it doesn't mean promoting an entirely uncomfortable environment or inhospitable, but I, mm -hmm. I believe that things are going to change in the next decades and we need to be prepared for that. Yes. Yeah. I don't even know if we can be prepared, but we <laughs> need to be open to new things coming. And, you know, there's no right solution right now to any of these problems. There isn't one thing that's working and I don't, or one specific thing that's going to solve all problems. And I think that's part of it too. They just have to be open to new ideas. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Exactly. And I know that you also talk about environmental racism. Can you talk to us a little bit about it? So I was first introduced to this uh, in grad school. And environmental racism is everywhere. It's You know, it's within cities that the city government decided to put a highway through low-income neighborhoods to make them disperse. Um, that's what we know as redlining. And it's prominent in every city. And it's also about putting those low-income places in um, bad situations that they can't get out of, meaning bad air quality or um, close to just different plants that are going to affect them. Even the water. Yes. Yeah, and water, definitely water. The most recent one that I was reading about was in Louisiana. There is a part that they call Cancer Alley because it has given everyone in that um, proximity different version or some sort of cancer or asthma or um allergies yeah yeah and so by forcing these low-income people to these parts this is what we know as environmental racism and what we have to learn and understand is that we have different sizes of communities so we have our neighborhood community let's say we have our city community we have our state community we have the usa and then we also have a global community and back to cycles everything's connected what we do here in the us is affecting other people in the world because of our the air quality and we are not in this bubble and we can't think like that and considering your unique perspective how do you envision the future of architecture 
particularly in relation to sustainability and the mm -hmm. evolving needs of society? I think it will be a, a numerous of things. So within the U.S., construction contributes nearly 40% of pollution or omissions. And that is a hefty number when we're talking about omissions. Um, so first tackling that, we need to change what products we're using, how we're creating the products. And this is not to say that calcium is the cherry on top. Calcium, when they make concrete, when they make drywall, that is contributing to omissions. Calcium is not not a princess by any means. And um, so I think it will be a lot about changing materials and new discoveries. And I also think it will be more, I hope it's more community driven as well as understanding the life cycle of these products. How long do they last? Where do they come from? Can they regrow? And the psychological effects that they have on humans. So it's, it matters what things are in your home because it affects your mental health. Mm -hmm. And that's really important as we are learning through COVID that mental health is after living in your homes, being there more than anyone would like. We have learned that mental health is connected to your inside of your home. Yeah. Corinne, your activism is commendable and would like to leave a message for our listeners today. I would just say research and um, learn more about your neighborhood community and your city community and see what has happened in history about the built environment that's particularly close to you and see if there's any changes you can help make. On a Saturn note, like we <laughs> were talking about before, you always have to be ready for uh, death. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately. <laughs> And Corinne, are you going to keep writing? Yeah, I hope so. Right now I am studying, still studying to be a licensed architect. So I have some time left for that. And that's right now taking up a lot of my time. But um, I think I'm just on a journey of discovery and wanting to make an impact and creating new solutions for our future. But my process of that is through an artistic way. And I hope that people would love to follow me on that. Yes, I am already following you. <laughs> so I wrote a book about climate change for kids. So this is something very close to my heart. And for all <laughs> listeners who want to connect with you online, where can they find you and engage with your work? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Cornville, K-O-R-N-V-I-L-L-E. And my book is available, uh, Indiscernible Elements, Calcium, is available through the Black Hat Press, which is a small publisher in Minnesota, where I'm from. And it's also available through Amazon or Kindle or ebook. Also, I want to tell our listeners that 
Corinne is featured in our magazine, The Relatable Voice, in July. So please grab your free copy and you'll be able to see her book, her picture, and of course, her socials. And Corinne, I want to just thank you for spending your time with us today, giving us some good advice. And of course, I hope I can go back to Idaho maybe next year. As soon as you publish a new book, just let me know and I'll be driving there. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, so fun. Of course. It was a pleasure to speak with you today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.